0: Eighteen plus. It's a pizza cake to make a pretty cake. If the way is hazy, you gotta do the cooking by the book. You know you can't be lazy. Never use a messy recipe. The cake will end up crazy. If you do the cooking by the book, then you'll have a cake. We gotta have it
1: made. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. K E I B A M eleven fifty the business end of show business and uh, yeah I, I we just got done talking to Bob Villa the candidate for judge and no one will ever tell you any any good judge to vote for and uh, it's not like I went over all of them I just know that his partic- particular race uh, I endorse him and I hope you vote for him because his opponent eh, you know she's probably fine but she's she's not the kind of um, He's not kind of a uh, candidate that I like to see in there. I like to see those prosecutors that worked hard and the prosecutor like like this guy. He can't get he can't get appointed by the the um uh, governor. Uh he's gotta just kinda, you know, it's not like he's politically connected. He's gotta get he's gotta get your votes by um showcasing his experience. And a thirty year career is uh is what you want out of a judge. So um Bob Villa. We're gonna um You know, it's not a kind of show where we, you know, if his opponent wants to come on, that's fine. But uh, you know, I would tell her I'm not voting for you because it's this is not a um, a show where we like, you know, go through all the candidates. We just do whatever Joe wants to do, right, Sam? Yeah, it's your show. It's yeah. got your name on it. It's got my name on it. And talk to this guy. Yeah, I hope you vote for him. Oh, um, if his opponent wants to come on, she can come on. Now, let's get back to Hollywood, right, Sam? Yes. Hollywood, because that's where we uh, belong on this show. But, you know, every once in a while, it's okay. Hey, the box office. Uh, Invisible Man, number one. Did
2: you see it, Sam? I did not, but I did see what was number two. You saw Sonic? I saw Sonic.
1: Well, good for you. Now, what do you think? Do you think a guy like me should go and see Sonic? Uh, You know, I don't have kids or anything?
2: Yeah. My if ankle you're, bracelet's just sticking a, out. Yeah, if you're a fan of video game movies and like the Sonic series, it has enough easter eggs in it to make it so that you'll like it a lot. I enjoyed I like it. Jim
3: Carrey. I
1: like he him. He
2: was awesome. Okay, that's he good enough for me. Right there Jim Carrey is more than enough to Okay, if it's uh, a, go a good Jim Carrey it. movie, I'll go see it. He he really is magnetic in it. He is awesome. So number 1, The Visible Man. I saw it last night.
1: Uh, it, wait, how How did I see it? Oh, It it was Invisible. No, well, (laughs) the thing you think about this movie is like, Invisible Man, aren't we living in a world? It's 2020. Why aren't we making The Invisible Woman? Hmm. We made Charlie's Angels. We make uh, Captain uh, Marvel, the fabulous Mrs. Marvelous, or whatever she is. Um, It's it's the year of the woman and the remake and all that. Why aren't we making The Invisible Woman? And you think that when you go in to see the movie, and the movie is, they do a trick on you. It's about a woman. Oh. Elizabeth Moss, a wonderful actress. Probably does as good or better job as any actress nominated for any of the acting categories in the Oscars this year. It's a perfect performance. Really? Yes. She is, it's a woman on the edge who gets pushed over the edge and then over that edge and over the next edge.
2: Uh, So it's about a woman. I remember the old one with Chevy Chase. Uh, well, not that old. The one yeah. from the '90s.
1: I think it's the forgettable one.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's forget about it.
1: Uh, The Call of the Wild, number three. Uh, saw it last Monday, and let me tell you, I loved it. A lot of people are hating on the special effects. They're saying the dogs look too digital, or they look too artificial, like they're you know they're they're not real dogs. Um, to me, I thought they were fine. You know, the dogs that look totally fake mm. in a movie that most people love and adore. Lady and the Tramp. Those are <laughs> fake-looking dogs, <laughs> but so, the the call the dogs in the Call of the Wild look great. Yeah, there's a that you can tell they're they're a little bit digital at times, maybe all the time, but their expressive faces make more than make up for it because they can make the dog be as cute as they want and it's expressive and it makes for a great movie. Um, number four, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Was I'm not gonna say that. It's, it's, Cartoon, of some kind. Bad Boys for Life. Haven't seen it. Might see it. Birds of Prey. Never in a million years will I see that movie. It looks like an abortion. Number seven. Uh, Impractical Jokers. Why is that a movie? Oh, good for them. Nineteen Seventeen is the number eight movie this week, and that's a still a hit. What a Holding big, strong. Yeah, it's a juggernaut. Um, I saw it. It was great. Nine. Number nine is Brahms, The Boy 2. Eh, you know, I'm not a, like a millennial horror film watcher, so I'm probably not going to see that. Number 10, Fantasy Island. Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. Hmm. Doesn't sound like an abortion. I saw it. It is an abortion.
2: Wow. It was that bad.
1: It's like you just stand up and go, I want to, I, I demand transparency. Who is the person responsible for this abortion? <laughs> it is so bad. my gosh. And you know the funny thing is, uh, Invisible Man is a Blumhouse movie too. Popular studio distributed by Universal, um, produced by Jason Blumhouse. Ah, uh, some reason, Fantasy Island, total fail. Invisible Man, total success. Fantasy Island, like as soon when you see Michael Pena as as uh, Mister uh, Rourke, um, stand up from a chair and his shirt, his whole like white linen suit is all wrinkled and there's like one giant crease along the center of it, and I go. Was is, is that going to be part of the story that he has wrinkled clothing? No, it's not. It's just, just the whole movie's wrinkled. So you don't need to see that. Uh, what else did I see this week? Uh, Cats. Did you see Cats? It's a very popular movie. It's a musical. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's based on a musical, a yeah, stage I, musical, stage on a Broadway. They made, a, they took this Broadway musical. They made a theatrical film out of it.
2: I've heard something of that nature. Yeah, but you haven't seen it. No. Ah, you must. Oh no, I, I've i I heard that I needed to be under some pretty heavy uh, hallucinogens to get me on to get me to enjoy that.
1: Well, here's how I did it because I knew it was going to take something. I went to the Alamo Draft House, uh, rowdy screening. It's called the rowdy screening. Okay. So uh, and they're doing it, I think, almost every night at 9:30 p.m. at the Alamo Draft House. You got to get your tickets, you know, in advance because they sell out. Um, and it's called the rowdy screening, and they have, you know, they serve alcohol. In a cat bowl. <laughs> they have all these special drinks in a cat bowl, and they're all milk-based. And, you know, they've the regular bar. I had a pizza and a couple of uh, pints of uh, their house lager there. Had a great time. My wife loved it. And we just shouted at the screen. You're encouraged to shout at the screen.
2: Okay, so it, it takes a similar kind of feel like The Room does.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's that kind of pathetic uh, Yeah, uh, tragedy of a film.
2: Yeah. Um, but this Where you're one, encouraged, like the actual, uh, experience is enhanced because you get to scream at how bad it is. Yeah. And
1: there's a host who's like a comedian and she, oh. she was delightful and she wore like a little cat suit. My wife has a hoodie with cat ears, you know, attached to it. So she was in character and we, uh, shouted and the, the, what, unlike the room, you take more pleasure in, in, in mocking this movie because it was like 150 to $200 million budget yeah. So, so much money and so much failure. Yeah. So, it's just so much fun to say, look what we've done to your uh, your giant expensive mistake.
2: Yeah. We mock it. Now, I'm a big fan of The Room. I, I think that it's horrible and everything bad and still amazing to watch. It's the experience. And I think if they can turn cats into something where it's like, you know it was an abortion of a film but it got salvaged because the audience was able to have good reactions to it and make it so that they it makes it so that you it becomes an experience in and of itself
1: yeah I think they've definitely done that and and the songs to some people are, are delightful anyway they're just ruined Dame Judy Dench ruins every second that she's in it um the only redeeming part of the movie it's weird Taylor Swift comes in and does a number, and it's fantastic. It's hmm. great. It doesn't. I mean, it's like it's like okay. It, it's not ruined. So it's a, like for for three or four minutes, you're like totally taking out of the experience of making fun of this movie because you know she does a great job. And then the girl that plays the lead in Cats, um, the 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 lead female cat, she's uh, real attractive. Like she makes a good cat. Hmm. So she's she makes a great cat. Okay. Rebel Wilson, who I think is very attractive in other scenarios, makes it a very ugly cat. So okay. It's, a, it's, it's hit and miss on who makes a good cat, who doesn't. There's all kinds of weird stuff. Like, why do these cats have human noses when in, on Broadway they all had cat noses? Why are some of them wearing fur coats and some of them are naked? Where did they get these fur coats? And what kind of an animal were killed so that they could have a fur coat? A squirrel.
2: Not a lot of squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best I got, sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, 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 it's um so there's a lot of weird things about it and uh you can enjoy every last one of them because at the Alamo they play a little uh they do a little mini documentary on cats before and explain where it comes from T.S. Eliot poems, Broadway, uh, you know, uh Andrew Lloyd Webber and then um the evidently it's like the second biggest selling t-shirt in american history right next to i love new york is the cats uh shirt and it's it's quite a phenomenon and uh, my wife won a prize she won a cats keychain by going up there and um they have a little meowing contest in <laughs> good time that sounds awesome actually Alamo Draft house is, is a, you can't have a bad date there okay i uh, yeah. i recommend it the uh, Fullerton Dine In AMC, you can have a bad date. Don't don't fall for that.
2: What's the uh what's the pit, uh the pothole in this one?
1: It's like you get there and they go, Oh, so theaters one, three, five, seven, nine, or uh the a waiter actually comes to you, uh, five six two four six eight and ten. Those theaters, you gotta wait in that line right there to get your food. And you look in this line and it looks like a Walmart line for free popcorn. Ugh. Oh, Alamo, if you like, you know, if you're not bothered by hipsters, everybody's like a, a, a well-groomed hipster there. Just hmm. fine, you know. Uh, so I, uh, that's my my tip for the Alamo Draft House and the cats thing is sit in the back row. So wait until you can get a seat in the back row. Otherwise, all your zingers fall on deaf ears. Okay. There's only four rows in this theater anyway. I'm sitting in like row number two. There's no seats in front of me. Good material. No one can hear it. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you can just shout anything simple like just a big a bit, at the end of a number there's an awkward silence, and you can just sell some some guys singing you know and it's so bad that there's an awkward silence after the performance because it's it's terrible and then yeah. you, you can just uh, anything as simple as "You go, girl you know <laughs> it's fun, it's liberating <laughs> cool story, bro that was one of my favorites. Oh,
2: I might have to do this. This sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Uh, yeah, very good. Just, um, yeah, just, uh, you go to the Alamo, you get the app, you do it a couple days in ahead of time. And then, uh, but don't forget about LegalZoom because LegalZoom is where you get your online legal documents. You you don't have to go to a law firm if you want to get a will. You go to LegalZoom. But you might think, well, I don't know if I need a will or a trust. Some people say I need a trust. Yeah. if You got kids. You better have a trust. Like you own a house, you got kids, you better... Getting complicated now, right?
2: When my kids are alone in the house, I don't trust them at all. <laughs>
1: well, those kids, if you want to put them through misery, um, don't get a will, don't get a trust, just get a will and make them go through probate. It's final revenge on them.
2: Oh, damn. It takes yeah. like
1: a year or more and it's expensive. Some sleazy lawyer walks in and takes all the money or takes a good chunk of it, it takes forever. And then they put ads in the paper and say, hey, did this guy owe anybody any money? Okay, we're going to run now. Well, let's run it again next week then. Hey, did I, this guy who died, did he owe anybody any money? Did he owe you money? Oh, no. Well, let's run it again next week. And they just keep running and running hoping someone will come forward and take your money from your kids. Yeah. That's what probate is, among other things. So you get you put your house in a trust and the trust doesn't die. It's a living trust. And they can uh, you get that done for uh super cheap and super easy just in an in an afternoon. You just plug all the info in and um, but you get that lawyer it's going to tell you uh, what you need anyway uh, I think I've gone on enough about this Uh, type in the word vandals V-A-N-D-A-L-S in the referral code box at checkout and let's check the traffic and we'll be back with Joe Escalante live from Hollywood
4: pizza 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 all of the time all of the time i'm a lover of pizza all of the time give me a little i i see i see
0: you pizza i'm a like of the spaghetti like
5: spaghetti some of the
4: time some of the time i'm a like spaghetti like spaghetti some of the time some of the time i'm a like of the spaghetti like spaghetti some of the time some of the time but i'm a love
1: Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood every Sunday right here on KEIB, AM 1150. All right. Uh, well, now we come to the uh, oh Streaming Wars section of the show. In the Streaming Wars this week, major announcement. And Netflix reveals its top 10 TV shows and movies in the United States. Because Netflix has been uh, less than transparent. You know, they... They don't have to give ratings. So no. CBS, NBC, ABC, all the people that signed into Nielsen. I think the deal is, Niels, you, you, part of the deal is it's all going to be publicized and there's a race on. And everybody gets to be in on it. With Netflix, they just get to say, ah, don't worry about it. A lot of people watched. How many subscribers do we have? 160 million. Just worry about that. And the ratings really don't matter because it doesn't matter if nobody watches them. All they care is who's paying, you know, 12 to $15 a month. You have Netflix, Sam? Yes, I do. No, now That's all they care is you keep it. They don't care if you watch anything. I had Netflix for a year before I learned how to turn it on. Um, now I'm pretty good at it. I'm watching Gabriel, the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. You're in the um, social working uh,
2: business, Sam. Have you seen this? I have not, but I, I added it to my list. I heard about it. I heard yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it's not
1: feel good. How about you, Daisy? You see it? No. Okay. Too hard to watch. It is. It's really too hard to watch. You got to be in the right mood. And there's a lot of. Uh, it's, just, oh, it's just. It's just sad. It's about a um, a failed uh, child protective services or family services whatever thing with the uh, a kid and no one knew. Everybody knew he was getting beat, but no one did anything about it. And then um, he. Uh, uh, spoiler alert. He died. And it's really sad. It's just so sad. It's like hard to watch. But it's really good. And it sets a new bar for quality documentary series. The, the cinematography is great. And, um, you know, because there's it's a lot of repetition in a story like this. You only have so many news reels you can go. I mean, the kid, the, the kid died. People were bad that, that looked after him. What can you do? But they do a lot of cinematography tricks that make you that hold your interest. So very good. Very well. Very good. Now, it's not one of the top ten. Yet, but but they the Netflix decided. Well, we will we'll tell you what we'll do. We're not going to tell you what are the ratings are, but we'll tell you what the what the top ten is. And some people think this might be skewed too to just favor their um, the stuff they make. Because what? Why are they doing this? They're probably doing this because they listen to this show. And I tell people that wow, Netflix has a problem because they are, lo- are losing you know all the studio catalogs like Warner Brothers. Disney, and uh, Universal. Everybody who's got their own streaming service is going to slowly start taking everything away from Netflix. They already have. So what does Netflix have left? They have this stuff that we are led to believe nobody watches because everybody's watching Friends in the office. So they pay billions of dollars for this content that is all they're going to be left with is the real expensive stuff that nobody watches. And that's bad for the stock because when I, people like me say that, even though I don't have the exact data because it's secret, but these are just the leak data, it's bad for their stock. So you know they they might, so they got to fight back in the in in public and say, well, look here, we'll at least tell you what um, people are watching and they're watching our stuff. One of them is Love Is Blind.
2: Are you familiar with this? No, no, I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, I never heard of it. It's never been recommended to me,
2: so I'm 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 a little fishy. How
1: about Daisy? Okay, we got three people in here.
2: How is that number one? And all three of us have Netflix and never have heard, that, heard of it. That's
1: why I'm saying, you know, really, it's a Netflix production. That's why. Um, I don't even know that, but I'll bet it is. The last thing he wanted is number two. Nah,
4: no. Never
1: heard of it. Three, uh, over three on that one, too. Uh, Narcos Mexico's number three. I've heard of that yeah. one. That's heard a, um, that's a Go-Mont, uh television production. But I guess it's a Netflix original because they... Okay, lock and key. No. Key and peel. Key and peel, yes. Lock and key, no. Never heard of it. Uh, number five, the foreigner. I don't like foreigners. Yes. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. Um, that's number five. Number six, to all the boys, PSI still love you. Is
2: that one still up there? I have, I've I've never past even past heard of it. Ago. That's a teeny buffer. That's a teeny, teeny uh, yeah, bopper so thing? I'm, okay, I believe I'm there. Yeah. Uh
1: Number seven is Babies. That's a new documentary on babies. I guess everybody, if I I had a baby, I'd watch that. It looks like, oh my God, if I don't watch that,
2: my baby's going to die. I have a baby. I don't want to watch that. I I am the documentary. I am a walking documentary of babies. (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, Girl on the Third Floor is number eight. A Bad Mom's Christmas is number nine. Number 10 is Better Call Saul.
2: The one show that isn't a Netflix production? Better Call Saul.
1: Well, I don't know what those other ones are. To be honest, they could some of them could be not Netflix production. But Better Call Saul is the um, is the yeah. You notice how there's not Friends in the office in here. I don't know if they're on there anymore, but but anyway, they're just trying to say, hey, we're fine. We we make a lot of stuff, and of course, Better Call Saul gets a lot too. Throw it in there at number ten. So I don't know if it's if it's um, if it's real or not. Hmm. Interesting. So, do you believe it? I do not. He's Got some skepti- skeptical skeptic-
2: skepticism here. I just haven't heard of any of the uh, of most of the stuff. And I, I like to keep. I think I keep myself attuned to a lot of the stuff that's fun and good to watch on Netflix. I haven't seen any of that. It doesn't come up on my recommended list.
1: None of this comes up on mine. Mine just keeps telling me to watch more crime stuff and Mexican stuff. Uh There's a lot of good
4: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Shows on um, Netflix, and they're really funny. They got Very good sense of humor, those people down there in Mexico. All right, let's take a break, and I want to come back. We're gonna get into uh, the um, the um, the Me Too stuff with a little Weinstein stuff, a little Roman Polanski uh, news. <laughs> what's going live from hollywood if by hollywood you mean burbank across the street from a wiener schnitzel that serves beer we are two hours of the business side of show business every sunday right here on keib am 1150 brought to you by legal zoom legal zoom you type in the word vandals v-a-n-d-a-l-s the name of my formerly credible punk band and you save money on legal documents that you need you're going to have to go there at some point in your life. So remember that. Vandals, save you money. Now, let's uh, get to the free speech section of tonight's show. And the first free speech situation is uh, we have a guy from MSNBC who was uh, fired or sidelined or suspended for his speech Um MSNBC contributor, Dr. Jason Johnson. Are you familiar with this guy, Sam? Not by name, no. How about his inflammatory remarks about supporters and campaign staffers of Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders?
2: Ah, yes. Now I'm familiar. He
1: said... Um, he's very colorful languages language that he uses. Uh, let's see if we can find that. Um, yeah, he comes on there, and he I guess he doesn't like Bernie Sanders. And... He has, um, very skeptical of his, uh, his, uh, agenda and his blah, blah, blahs. Yeah, let's see what, where's that cool, um, quote? He said, I don't, I don't care how many. Oh, I apologize. What happened to that, that quote I had? Oh, there it is. I don't care how many people from the island of misfit black girls you throw out there to defend you. Uh, that's his, um. His wow, uh, what he says against uh, Bernie Sanders. So wow, so someone who doesn't agree with him is a mis- it comes from the island of misfit black girls. I always think that's weird that everyone is from if if you're in one race, you, everyone has to have the same uh, opinion or or um, view of everything. No diversity. There, this guy wants no diversity, and if there is a diverse opinion, he's going to call him an island of misfit black girls. And so the the you know the news organization I guess recognized that's a little um that's a little harsh. I mean, they don't they don't so they don't have a right to 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 support Sanders. I'm not uh, into the political uh, expertise uh, world, but from what I understand, he doesn't have a giant support in the black community like and like Biden has more. Am I right, Sam?
2: I'm guessing, um, and that's just because he was attached to Obama for so long.
1: Yeah, he's attached to Obama, right. Yeah, Obama trusted him. Hey, we trust him. And then, But that's in the South, mostly. I think in the North, you know, they're going to have some Bernie Sanders people of all races, And but you better, if you defend him, this guy's going to come after you. So they, they said, hey, come on, that's too harsh, um, and uh, made him sit down. So... And again, MSNBC has a right to to put on the air the people they want to put on the air, and so they they uh, it is speech, um, it is protected speech, but you can't say whatever you want if your employer doesn't like hearing it. Now, what is my other free speech? Um, uh, this one is this one is 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 a um,
2: is a big one. Yeah, I saw this one.
1: The uh, court has decided that YouTube. This is the Ninth Circuit, which has become a more conservative circuit recently. I think we did a story about that last week where it was traditionally the most liberal court in the country, and now it's got a a, a whole bunch of uh, more conservative judges, and it might be even a majority conservative um, uh, court. There's like 30 people that weigh in on on certain things, and they put a, a... I think the way it works is they put a couple of them together and they go, okay, you guys are going to decide this and you guys can decide that. Now you can uh, a petition to get an en banc decision, meaning all 30 people weigh in. I don't know how you do that, but um, used to it used to be whatever was the liberal or lefty thing would win. Here in this case, um, I think it's – these are the kind of cases that, that, that like defy party um, uh, platforms because – they can swing both ways. YouTube it takes Dennis Prager's content. He's a conservative uh, radio host that has a, 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 a very um, elaborate platform of educating people called Prager University, and they talk about Judeo-Christian Judeo Christian views and conservative views, and they, they promote those. Google um, always... Um, Demonetizes them and hides them because Google doesn't like the views. And on the one hand, you go, well, if they don't like the views, but they're 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 hiding their, these views from people, that doesn't sound right. But according to the court, it says, well, they can do whatever they want because they're a private company; they're not a public forum. If you have a public forum like the um, the area out in front of City Hall, you can't make it so only the people that hate Dennis Prager can talk, and Dennis Prager and his people cannot talk. That would be uh, discrimination, uh, speech-based discrimination, a violation of the First Amendment rights. But Google start, has this thing called YouTube and it is a huge platform, but it's not so huge. The court says that they can't do whatever they want, like a private company. So I think what, I think this is kind of a conservative decision because that means you let the free market decide. The free market decides whether it wants to support Google and YouTube. Now, if you if you don't like the way they're they are clearly discriminating against this guy and his views, and I don't think that's the issue. The issue is can they? Are they allowed to? Now, the, the court says they're allowed to, so the free market would say, okay, then people should not, if people don't like their discrimination, they should, uh, in the marketplace, punish them, don't use their services, and they will find out if this is going to hurt them or not. And if it doesn't hurt them, then they can be free to promote any kind of agenda, political agenda that they want. Now, there could be, I would say, you might be better off suing them in a um, consumer fraud case. Because if they are, if they have in their terms of service or in their commercials, that they are a a, a fair and balanced uh, platform, that they don't discriminate, and then you... Uh, take advantage of their services, or even you sign up. You could, they could be uh, have some exposure as a consumer fraud uh, case. That happened. Those man, maybe uh, Dennis Prager can look into that. And the other free speech situation: the New York Times is um, being sued by Donald Trump. You see this, Sam? This is up your alley because it involves the Russians. That I know you. I saw so that. You don't he like this
2: Russians. He was. Uh... Suing the New York Times for the uh, Russia situation, for breaking all the stories on it, right?
1: Yeah, for saying that I'm a, um, there's a quid pro quo. And he says they, they released a story that they knew the story contained untrue statements. To me, this seems like a nuisance lawsuit because you try to sue a newspaper. You know, they can always put up some argument that says they were trying to, um, you know, they have opinions and then they have, uh, uh, you know, they were... The, the 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 news at the time was a reasonable belief. I don't think he... Uh, but maybe he's trying to make it uh, harder for them so that next time someone does something like that, the boss says, you know what? Why don't you check it out first? Or just lighten up a little bit or don't make these assertions until we have the, the facts because this guy comes after us and it drives us nuts and we have to get lawyers and I have to stay late at work to to deal with this. So why don't you just... Uh, not do that next time. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. I don't see where that goes. Or just fighting back, you know. And I think this um, is kind of a campaign thing, don't you think, Sam?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. If you
1: say uh, in in Trump country, Donald Trump is so mad at the New York Times over this Russian stuff, he's um, he sued the New York Times, and they're going good for him. He fights back. Something George Bush would never have done. And people are like, well, George Bush, why don't you fight back when they call when they call you a Nazi? Or when they say, you lied. Bush lied, died. And he never said anything. Eh, just said nothing. And people got mad at that. Now that his people are like, yeah, he's fighting back. And then maybe, um, I, I just like how Russia's fighting so hard to make sure that, that we don't elect a socialist. Um, as. With lucky
4: landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered
2: here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: Ninety-one percent of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: President of the United States? Because are they like jealous of that guy? Like he's too—he's too much for them. Didn't he go to? Um, he didn't go. Didn't he go to Russia for his honeymoon? Um, Bernie Sanders.
2: Oh, I have no idea.
1: Are you going to vote for him? Or maybe? Are you considering him? Is he one of your cop candidates in the top
2: five? I still haven't even thought of it. Okay. I have until Tuesday. He
1: went to his honeymoon. He went on his honeymoon to um, to Russia.
2: I went to Puerto Rico. That sounds like a much more tropical location.
1: Yeah, I thought there'd be tropical. I thought I was going to get a deal, too. Like, oh, it's like the Caribbean, but it's like Mexico. It's going to be cheap. didn't know. It's like Tokyo prices over there. Damn. Um. But, you know, it was exotic and warm water rainforest and, you know, wonderful food and music. But he went to the Soviet Union because he liked it. (laughs) And what does he get for it? What does he get? The Russians doing everything they can to make sure he doesn't become the president of the United States. I I think he should feel very slighted. Um, When we come back, I got some Roman Polanski news for you. And probably the last awards, uh, movie awards season story of the year, Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood, right here on KEIB, AM 1150. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood, every Sunday on KEIB, AM 1150, the business end of show business. Man, I long for the uh, early 2000s when every song sounded like this in Europe. (laughs) I haven't been to Europe in a year or two. I don't know what they're listening to now. But did you know, Sam, that France has made a law that says you cannot have an indoor gathering of more than 5,000 people now? Really? Yep, because of the coronavirus.
2: Oh, uh, that would make sense. Yeah,
1: so um, other places are going... I guess in Asia they're just already not doing stuff like that, but this is the first one in Europe that I've seen of this magnitude. There's a lot of festivals are being canceled in Europe. Uh, a metal, not a lot yet. Metal festival. Yeah. So five thousand people. You so that means you can't have like a, a decent basketball game.
2: Yeah, that we're watching the game right now on right. TV. So that means if that kind, if those kind of steps need to be taken here, we're not going to be able to. Nobody will go to Laker games or basketball no. games. Everything is going to come to a grinding halt.
1: I wonder if the games will still be played. You, I don't know. You could
2: play them at an outdoor thing. You, you can know? you you could play them indoors without the crowd.
1: Yeah, without the crowd, without anybody, with um, just uh, um, people who already have the virus. Maybe I'm thinking you let them in. I'm just spitballing ideas. That was not probably a great idea, but it's it's something to think about. It was worth exploring. Yeah, but and, yeah. The, and the, ba- the 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 team can be in a bubble.
2: Yeah, I don't think the owners are going to be very happy about that cuz they want the money from all of the sales and uh but they would probably just postpone the season until later. They would say, "You know what? We're going to take a month or two until everything clears up
1: and let the insurance companies foot the bill. It's going to be the government bail out of insurance companies is what we're looking at Oof. after all this." And uh, the uh a lot of um a lot of shows are being canceled. So when I look at a show being canceled in Europe, I wonder and I look at it and it's like Two metal bands from the '90s, and I'm like, I wonder if ticket sales were just bad, and they just just blamed it on this. <laughs> uh, I've got two shows in 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 uh, Europe come or two weekends that I got to go to Europe in May, and um, uh, are you hesitant? I'll be there. I'll be there, but you know, I'm, to me, it's I'm more worried about the plane flight over there.
2: Yeah, you're gonna catch something on the way up <laughs> there just because it's a plane flight.
1: But we will monitor these things and uh, report back to you. Now, this show—if you listen—if you're driving around, and you want to hear the show uh, because it sounds like maybe you missed the good part. You listen to the podcast, and you can get them on uh, iHeart Radio. You can get them on uh, iTunes. All those places where you get a podcast, you just look up uh, Escalante. Go look up Joe Escalante and you'll find it live from Hollywood. We'll post it on the Facebook page after the show. And uh, Caesar Awards. You know what that is? That is the French Academy Awards. Academy Awards. The French make the biggest movie posters. So they must have big award shows. Have you ever seen a French movie poster? They're, That's like the size
2: of this wall right back here. Yeah, they're gargantuan.
1: hmm. Uh, I follow a French movie poster site on Instagram. But on my Instagram, they look really small. (laughs) Okay, so the Caesar Awards happened. And one of the nominees for a Caesar Award was the director of a film called The Dreyfus Affair, which was about a guy who was wrongly accused of being a Nazi spy, I believe, in France. The director's name was Roman Polanski, who was convicted of child rape, like 50 years ago, and he's still in exile, or he's just hiding in uh, Poland, I think it is, or <clears throat> where he's actually sitting. So he still moves, still works. Uh, he was the director of Rosemary's Baby, among other things, and he was nominated for Best Director. So there was, you could hear a pin drop at the awards ceremony uh, recently in France the winner is Roman Polanski. He won. What happened? A bunch of people got up and they walked out. Most notable was actress Adele Heinel, the one nominated for that movie uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. She recently accused another director of sexually abusing her from age 12. So she sees this guy who not only is convicted of, of, it was a 13-year-old basically his mom let let this 13-year-old date Roman Polanski so it was gross it was another time he was he was gross and he got he made a deal he copped a plea and then when he was on his way to the courthouse or something the story goes he found out the judge w- heard about the plea heard about the deal that the prosecutors gave him and said no way this guy's going to jail for a long time i'm not gonna i'm not gonna allow this deal so he thought he was lied to, so he left the country, and he never came back. Now, he's had a 50-year ex- exile. All he would have had to do was come back and say, I'm very sorry. He would have been processed, serve a little time, and then he'd be done. He could go wherever he wants. He could go to Disneyland. He could go to the Alamo Drafthouse. All these cool things here that, that he can't do because he's stuck in France. Now, I know, I know what you're saying. Well, he's stuck in Poland, I think. He's not even stuck in France. France, he could... Probably have some fun. So anyway, I think he's he should just give up. But it's weird that they gave him the big prize. I mean, I guess he was the best director this year. Uh more on the Me Too thing. We've got uh, Harvey Weinstein. Do you know what happened to Harvey Weinstein, Sam?
2: I stopped following it.
1: Well, you got to keep following I, it for I, America. I
2: gave up on it. Harvey
1: Weinstein—he was convicted. He got right, convicted
2: of, on two of the of charges, right? Two of the accounts.
1: Yeah. I mean, two counts. Not the not the serious accounts. He's not he, the the very serious accounts. He did not get convicted on. He got convicted on some lesser charges, but it's enough to put him in jail for uh, a number of years. Um. So it's up to the judge. Now he is so freaked out. You know, they cuffed him. He was out on bail. You know, coming in with a walker. Remember that? Yeah. So he's convicted, they cuff him, and they take him to Rikers. On the way to Rikers, he has some kind of a heart attack or panic attack or something, (laughs) and he ends up in the hospital where he still is awaiting uh, for uh, the doctor to say, um, all right, I think you're healthy enough to go to Rikers. (laughs) Oh. So... um, that's where he is in the hospital right now, just kind of directing his own case and his appeal and and all that stuff. But he, what is he? He's 67. That's not that old, but he looks terrible because he's had a bad year. I don't think he lasts too long in Rikers. But who knows, you know, he could have a lot of time to himself and maybe have a conversion. I don't know how religious he is, but he needs a rabbi. And part of his um, appeal is going to be this juror, the stealth juror, they call it. A stealth juror? The jury convicted Weinstein of criminal sexual assault in the first degree based on the testimony of former Project Runway production assistant Miriam Haley and rape in the third degree based on the testimony of one-time aspiring actress, actress Jessica Mann. It acquitted him of the more serious charges of predatory assault which would have required the jury to find the prosecution proved with a reasonable doubt that Weinstein also committed a sexual crime against soprano actress Annabella Sciorra. I guess you just don't want to hear any more of this? Okay, when we come back, we'll talk about the stealth juror and what what is a stealth juror. In the Weinstein trial, Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood.
0: Come little donkey, come. My donkey walk, my donkey talk, my donkey eat with a knife and fork. My donkey walk, my donkey talk, my donkey eat with a knife and fork. Dingalingo. Come little donkey, come. Dingalingo little donkey come my donkey eat my donkey
5: sleep my donkey eat with- Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com
3: it's my little escape
5: now Judy's the life of the party
3: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
5: whoa take it easy Judy <laughs>
4: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: All across America, the song of
0: freedom rings. The song is growing stronger every day. Tells us when we listen to the message that it sings. Let us lift our voices. We can make the choices. We will make the most of all.
1: Live from Hollywood with the business end of show business every Sunday from 5 to 7 on KEIB AM 1150. And when we took a break, we were talking about the stealth juror argument, which is a uh, grounds for appeal, maybe, for Harvey Weinstein. And his juries, his his, uh, lawyers might argue that there are stealth jurors. A stealth juror is somebody who Maybe um, lies on their during the process of getting picked, where they say, I'm impartial. And then you find out that they have some kind of agenda through lies or omission. They get on the jury and they infiltrate, and there's, it prevents the accused from having a fair uh, trial. So they'll look into that. And then there's another thing that we'll try to do, which is. Make something of the notion that uh, you know you're sitting there, and this la- this this person's accusing you of something. Then they start bringing all these other people that are accusing you of the same thing, and you're like, "Whoa, what does that have to do with it?" I mean, you have watched enough courtroom dramas to you know like the, there's an argument to be made by, "Hey, that would unfairly prejudice the jury if they heard certain things." But it seems like in this ju- in this trial, they got to hear everything. I um, mean, you wonder what they didn't, what the judge thought they shouldn't hear. Um, to make the case that there are these prior bad acts uh are show that the person's probably guilty. I mean the argument is is he is he guilty? Well he probably is because he did these other things to these other women. Now as a juror you would be sitting there going well, I want to hear that because I want to hear all the women that, that that accuse him of that. But if you're uh, the defendant you're like can we just keep it to what you know what I'm accused of in this case? So I'm not sure what the judges use to make those decisions. But uh, they are always grounds for appeal. So now this is how you do an appeal. You say, this was totally unfair. It prejudiced my client. He had no chance of getting a fair trial. So I need you, uh, judge, to grant a new trial or reverse it. That kind of thing. So that's what's um, that's what's going to go on. And... Let's see. Oh, this family came in, Sam. The Disneyland uh, fight, fighting family.
2: Oh yeah, America's favorite family. Oh yeah, that was uh, you know, knockdown, dragout fight in the middle of the happiest place of, on Earth.
1: Well, there's some of the sentences is coming down. This is all happening in uh, Orange County. Thirty-five year old man was sentenced on February 27th to 180 days in county jail and four years of formal probation uh, for fighting during a brawl at Disneyland's Toontown, in which he attacked several family members in front of several children, including his own. The melee was witnessed by other park guests and captured in a video that was widely shared on social media. You saw it, Sam.
2: Yeah. Boy, did I ever.
1: What about La Daisy? Did she see it? It's yeah. good. My wife is so like perceptive. After like three seconds, she goes, oh, that's a family. They're related. I'm like, oh, no, they're really hitting each other. Why, why? Why would you say that? Oh yeah, they're family. <laughs> and then they were. Ah, oh. so um, it gets it gets a little more complicated. So the guy that's been convicted right now, I mean, you really need to be watching this video and have a laser pointer uh, to 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 really understand what's going on. But the guy's name is Avery Desmond Edwin Robinson of Las Vegas. Pleaded guilty to a court offer of one felony charge of corporal injury on a spouse or cohabitant and 13 misdemeanors related to assault, criminal threats, battery, and child abuse and endangerment. So it's 13 uh, misdemeanors and one felony. He said, ah, that's a good deal. I wonder what they really were trying to get him at with at first. Um, so uh, on July 6th, we'll take you back, Robinson attacked his sister, his brother-in-law, and his girlfriend. Okay, so he's got his sister right there. He's punching her. He's punching his brother-in-law, which is his sister's husband. Punching both of them. His girlfriend's, uh, 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 he punched his girlfriend. I think that's why they got in the mix. He's punching your girlfriend. So the sister comes in. He punches her. Brother-in-law says, don't you punch my my wife. He punches her. And they're all fighting back too. So it's all, you know, there's a lot of action. Robinson endangered his child and three other children who accompanied the group. As the family was escorted out of the park by Disneyland security, Robinson assaulted a Disneyland employee with what? What do you think he used to uh, assault the Disneyland
2: employee? Oh, I'm curious. What did he do? His car. Really?
1: Yeah. He tried to run over one of the security guys. Wow. And while later threatening to kill members of his family as he drove drove out of the parking structure. In addition to formal probation and a jail sentence, Robinson was also ordered to complete a 52-week batterer's treatment program containing a parenting component. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that'll just really change him. Furthermore, Robinson was ordered to spend six months with limited food in the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. Wait, what? In Orlando, Florida, which is the only remaining Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. They went in Anaheim, having turned into a Tarzan treehouse in 2015 i think that's excessive don't
2: you <laughs> i'm sorry that just sounds like i know I a, mean, one of the more interesting punishments that you could have i made that one up but um really robin yeah i did
1: ah robinson was originally charged now we're gonna back to the truth robinson was originally charged with five felonies and nine misdemeanors his sister andrea nicole robinson that's a sister he punched remember this yeah. She's facing five misdemeanor charges herself, including four misdemeanor ch- charges of battery for attacking her brother, her own brother. Oh, she's Avery, his girlfriend, and a Disneyland employee. She's also facing one count of a misdemeanor assault for attacking her brother's girlfriend. Okay, that's Andrea. Andrea Robinson, of 40, of Compton. So we got a guy from Las Vegas, a girl from Compton. She faces a maximum of two and a half years in jail if, uh, if she's convicted on all counts. So she hasn't made a plea yet. Yeah. She could go to jail for two and a half years. Damon Petrie, forty-four of Compton, oh Damon. I'm gonna call him Damon. D A M A N, right? Okay. Damon. Damon Petrie of Compton is facing one misdemeanor count of battery. Petrie, who is married to Andrea Robinson, is accused of punching Avery Robinson's girlfriend in the face during the melee. Damon faces a maximum of six months in jail if convicted. We're not done. Several Disneyland uh, guests repeatedly intervened in an attempt to stop the violence, including picking up at least one of the children in the group to get the child out of harm's way and putting Avery Robinson in a chokehold. family was asked to leave Disneyland and escorted by Disneyland security back to the parking lot, structured to relieve—so they got him all the way back to the parking lot, and then it just then the Avery Robinson got in the car, attempted to hit the employee with his car, uh, and threatened to kill his sister, and uh, made a gun— uh, symbol with his hand, pointing the uh, pointing it at everybody. Whew. Deputy District Attorney Elizabeth Nevers of the Family Protection Unit prosecuted this case. How fun! That must have been the fun uh, the funnest prosecution she's ever going to have. Watch that video and prosecute these monsters. Whoo! See people like that. You're wondering, it costs a lot of money to go to Disneyland. And why do you jeopardize it, The the um, all that money you spent? You're going to throw it away, and you're going to be escorted out. It's worse than getting escorted out. Like if a concert, you're in the slam pit, and you do a stage dive, and, you, and they throw you out. At least you got some glory on your way out. Everybody likes you, except for the person you landed on. And then you, um, but you missed half the concert. So you're kind of bummed, and you maybe regret it. But here, they're, they're, they're done. To get that whole family in there, it's like $1,000 at least, or maybe they have annual passes. The problem is Disneyland allows you to finance these annual passes. So there's not one person in America that can't afford $22 a month for a credit card uh, financed annual pass. I'm not saying poor people are trouble, but sometimes um, the value they put on it, it's only a $22 a month thing, they they might misbehave. Does that make sense to let Daisy? I don't want to say that people who can't afford to pay for the Disneyland, they have to finance it, are, are prone to trouble, but I think maybe they don't value it as, as much if you're financing it and you just say, hey, it's $22, and I'm going to probably declare bankruptcy anyway. And I'm digging myself a hole, huh? <laughs> don't get me started. That's another one of on my mani- on my Disneyland manifesto. I've got to add it to that. No financing of annual passes. If you want an annual pass, you must pay up front. And then you have then this, then this you have um, the stakes are uh, significant. The well, the overcrowding is a whole other story, and that is stems from financing passes anyway, too. Hey, do you want to go to Disneyland? How much does it cost? Well, I heard it's $200 to get a uh, park hopper. Well, just put it on your credit card and pay $22 a month. Oh, it's $22 to go to Disneyland? All right, let's go there, get drunk, take... Um, edibles, and fight with each other. (laughs) All right, when we come back, uh, we got more uh, celebrities behaving badly on the Joe Escalante Live from Hollywood show. Let me tell you one last time about LegalZoom. This place is so awesome. Type in the word vandals in the referral code box when you're getting your online documents there. The vandals, the name of my formerly credible punk band, now a coupon. But uh, make it worth something and go to LegalZoom and put it in there and get something and make us all rich here on Joe Scalante Live from Hollywood.
4: it all for you And he knows What he's talking about Oh yes he
1: knows What it's all about Joe Escalante Live from Hollywood Every Sunday 5 to 7 On KEIB AM 1150 I got a lot of Will stories uh, Some of them are simple Like Kirk Douglas He left everything In his will To uh, Charity so it bypassed and other things, but not none to his son. His son didn't get anything. That happens a lot. Bypass. My dad did that. Just, everything was for the grandkids and uh, you know by the time you die, you look at your kids and you're know, like, yeah, you guys are all fine. Let me do something else with my money rather than make it so you guys can buy a boat. So um, that's a good story. Kirk Douglas, uh, everybody's good in that family. The, the one son, I forgot the guy's the grandson. Douglas, Cameron Douglas, I think he is. He has a book out right now because he had a, um, uh, he went to prison, Michael Douglas's son. Really? For uh, dealing uh, cocaine. He didn't have a lot of it, but he had enough to put a nasty prison sentence, and he went and served like nine or seven years, and it turned into like 10 or something. Like it didn't go well. And then now he's out, and he's uh, working, he's acting, and he sounds like he's doing really well. I uh, hope he got some of that money. Cause, uh, and he's sober, by the way. Um, so he's got a book. Do I know the name of it? I don't, but it's Cameron Douglas. Check it out. Okay. And then, uh, Paulina Porzkova, Rico Kasich's wife, was left out of, um, uh, she feels hurt and betrayed for being excluded from his will. They were married, but they were planning a divorce and they were still living together. So that's what happens. Got to go to legal Zoom. Get your affairs straightened out. But the most interesting one is Walt Disney. Walt Disney has hundreds of millions of dollars in the balance. And he's got this grandson that um is fighting for his life to get to to get this money. The grandson is fifty now, and it said in the will that he would get money on his like, you know, staggered on his like 35th birthday, then 40th birthday. Surprise um like that. Um yeah, 30. 30- 5th, 40th, and 45th, unless it's demonstrated that he lacked the maturity and financial ability to manage such funds. You can just see Walt Disney writing this down. You need maturity and ability to manage these funds in a prudent and reasonable manner. Um, So he's been fighting this because I guess he's, you know, got some issues, a little bit special. In fact, a court appointed a guardian and just think he couldn't handle any of this. And then he's fighting that and he's saying his constitutional rights were violated. When they appointed this guardian, he wants his money. And then there's some people in the family that are, like, hostile to him, but they seem like they almost got it settled, but then they appointed this guardian. The Disney family tree is a little bit complicated, but uh, he is the son of Sharon Disney. And Sharon Disney is one of Walt and Lillian's two daughters. They have Sharon and Diane. Diane, remember. We remember her because she marries Ronald Miller and he becomes, like, president of of the studio for a long time during, like, the Peach Dragon era before Michael Eisner. And he was, like, a USC quarterback or something like that. And uh, he was just an all-American good guy. And uh, they had a bunch of kids, a ton of them. But the other daughter, Sharon May, she was adopted herself. So she marries some guy named Robert Brown. They have a couple of kids. Um... And uh, William Lund, I'm not exactly sure he ends up with his name, but he's got a stepmother named Sherry Lund. And she um, is, uh, uh, they're fighting him. And so the guy's name is William Lund. I don't know what he does. I don't think he does anything. I think this is like his full-time job is just trying to get his hands on this money, which is uh, uh, now there's a constitutional issue. His rights have been violated, so we'll follow that and see when he gets his money and what he does with it. He looks strangely like uh, Mookie from the uh, Mickey Mouse Club, like a grown-up <laughs> version.
2: Maybe it was him.
1: But he's also, who also, coincidentally, is um, Francis in the, um, I forgot, the, what's he Pee-wee called? Herman? No, uh, the little kid's name in the Swiss Family
2: Robinson. Oh, I thought you were talking about Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. No. That kind of looked like the dude, too, a little.
1: Francis from Stripes is my favorite Francis.
2: Ah, it's a good, good one. Movie.
1: Yeah, right? Lighten up, Francis. Okay. It's definitely not him, but, uh, uh, and we'll also keep tabs on that guy, the Disneyland um, fighting guy, which is who um, who is been imprisoned in the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse <laughs> in Orlando,
2: <laughs> where he's... Um, We'll be monitoring monitoring him the whole time yeah
1: he has to live off of corn dogs
2: and um, those are good corn dogs though those are really good
1: hey hey corn dogs three times a day you get tired of the corn dogs he's uh, yeah there's pretty good food at Disneyland now because the Disneyland people have to compete with all the um they have to address the foodie culture that has invaded their their annual passholder ranks They can't have crappy food like they had the whole time I was growing up. Now you go there and you can find some really good stuff. The lobster roll. You guys had the lobster roll over at the little shack across from the haunted
2: mansion. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I had it from there. I had uh, at California Adventure during the uh, the night where they let us go over there and uh, explore the park.
1: Oh, for uh, for Christmas time. I Heart Radio. Yeah,
2: they had a bunch of stands set up with a bunch of like you know each stand had like. Really good small bites of food, and you just walk through the entire park and stop and grab everything. They know how, and they and I bet it was all good. Yeah, it was amazing, all amazing. You know what else is good?
1: The uh, the pheasant, um, uh, Welsh the 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 pheasant rarebit. Mm. The pheasant rarebit, which is a um, second course. Uh, on the second course menu at Club 33 <laughs> it's, oh, it's delightful you must try it <laughs> you must take me so I can try it <laughs> well I don't have time to do that Aww. Um so but just just imagine the pheasant rarebit melting in your mouth oh.
2: flaky can we, can flaky crust with this song playing in the background
1: they play this there the Bourbon so Street awesome. Quartet plays this all the time <laughs> Ah, uh, Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. We'll be back next week, and I will leave you now with just a taste of the greatest song ever written.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? ha! in my dentist's office.
1: Joe Escalante live from Hollywood and K E I B AM 1150. From Hollywood, if by Hollywood you mean Burbank across the street from a Schnitzel that sells beer, I can look at right now. It's a beautiful sight out there. And today, I, hey, Sam, I thought we talked about that fading out.
2: I, th- I thought I'd let it sizzle a little for you.
1: Ah, like I got to send you back to engineer school.
2: I sizzled. It just fades. <laughs> it fades,
1: and then you just let it fade, let it go. Um, you're like the altar boy that, that, that rings a bell and then throws them on the ground and doesn't let them ring out. Pet peeves on the radio. All right, uh, we are brought to you by LegalZoom. LegalZoom, where you can get documents online for about the same price as you pay to park at a regular law firm. So if you need a real estate, uh, if you, if you're, if you're a landlord, if you're starting a business, you're going to need to go there. Trusts, wills, LLCs, corporations, copyright, trademark, the band partnership agreement that I drafted for LegalZoom. And what's most popular right now is the estate planning bundle. State planning bundle, you pay one price and you get the services of an attorney just to do your will or your trust or both. You don't know if you need a, uh, a both, but you talk to the lawyer and you get it all figured out and it's one price. You're not stuck in an hourly thing. Everybody likes it. Every couple weeks, someone comes up to me and says, help me with my will. And I send them to LegalZoom. They get it done and they feel really good about it. Okay. Uh, what else we got today? We've got a lot of the usual showbiz stuff. This is two hours of entertainment uh, business, the business side of show business. But first, I like to do this every year. Uh, I think I'm I'm one of the only people that do this on radio in L.A. is I like to tell you at least a little bit about who you should vote for judge because when you look at the judge candidates in your ballot, you just go, who are these guys? I don't know who these people are. And you start voting people just based on whether you like their name. And I think a lot of people do that. Uh, so tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about um, who you should vote for, and I've got a guest in the studio, Mr. Robert Villa. Would you go by Bob? Go by Bob. Okay. Now Bob and Villa, do you go? Is it? Am I saying it right? Are we enough. It's Villa. Bob Villa. Okay. Bob Villa. And then you are. What is the? When we run for judge, there's a number they give you, like a slate number. Uh, what is? What's yours? Office forty-two. Office forty-two. So when you look at your ballot, you're going to see a forty-two. How many people are in that race? Two. All right. It's going to be easy to find. You're going to find that you're going to find Robert Villa, and you're going to vote for him. And uh, you can, if you change the channel right now, at least you know that much. But we're going to talk to Robert, all the ways known as Bob. You go by Bob. Right? Yes. Okay. We're going to talk to Bob about the race. Um, Mainly, the, the way this works is we try to figure out what kind of experience this prosecutor has and what kind of judge you're going to be. So, and, and, or what kind of this candidate. I just gave it away. You're a prosecutor, right?
3: I am a prosecutor.
1: You're a prosecutor in LA County?
3: LA County, been doing it for over 30 years.
1: So, 30 years of a prosecutor, thats kind of a experience uh, we like trying. You're, you're doing a lot of trials? I've done over 200 felony trials. 200 felony
3: trials. And why do you want to be a judge? Because it's, I want to keep working. It's uh, important to me to stay busy, and I've done av- about everything there is to do in the DA's office, and now it's time for something else. It's time to be a judge. Ah, I get it. And what have you seen uh, over your career,
1: the changes that where you're saying I got to get in there, and uh, before this happens or that happens, or w- w- what kind of trends are you seeing uh, in the criminal in the process in the the, the processing of of, uh, of criminals or the or even you might end up in, in civil court right you never you never, know. never know
3: I could be doing family law
1: right you could be doing family law what what, what are you seeing now that you that you want to make sure you can change or, or or keep going
3: well right now I see a swing it, there's a swing to the left right now mm-hmm. and uh, you know we have swings to the right swings to the left right now we're in the left swing and um, we're putting a lot of people on the streets that probably shouldn't be on the streets. Now, a swing to the left is always going to mean higher crime. I mean, in, in general, even though the left
1: will tell you, "No, we're going to keep people out of jail. They get out of the system. They're going to be. They're going to. We got to keep them out of the, the the criminal justice system." Isn't that what they say? That's what they say. And, and that's better for them. And they will. They will magically get better. That's that's what the hope is. The hope is. But we. I think we all know, and I think people know when they when they go to vote for judge. I want somebody who's going to put criminals in jail and not take criminals and put them in some kind of uh, a program where they get off, uh, get on the street too soon. Um, even though programs are sometimes
3: good, but they get out of control. Is that, is that what's going on in the in the world? There's there's a lot of that going on. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be a small business owner right now because we're not doing anything to the people that are upsetting their business. So now, it, 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 and maybe you're talking about Prop 47, right? That has, a uh, think, a huge impact.
1: Now I remember that was coming along. My sister is a prosecutor and you know she warned me about it. Uh, she was like, you know, she had her hair on fire over it. And she was and then it it passed. And then I I, I don't know anybody around here that can't notice the the rise in crime. The the the, the in my neighborhood, it's you know, it just looked it seems like they won't prosecute anybody because or they won't even arrest anybody because they're not going to be prosecuted. And is that because of, of Prop 47? Has anyone said like, hey, no, nah, that didn't
3: the fears didn't come true. It's really um not as bad as you think. Cuz I think just I think it's bad. I don't think what they intended is what happened with Prop
5: 47.
1: What were they intending?
5: I Steve have, Schreiner. You okay, okay, <laughs> Go to either next. Either we have gentlemen. another expert. Yeah. Uh, it's exactly what you said. The uh-huh. idea is that we have two prosecutors um, here, Steve Trainer. The idea was that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna treat these things differently. They're gonna learn from their mistakes and all that. The problem is is you have these things being a misdemeanor rather than felony stuff for petty theft with a prior. You got people who know that. Yeah. They know it well. They go if I go into Walmart and I steal uh-huh. nine hundred fifty dollars, if they catch me, they're uh-huh. just gonna give me a ticket, let me go. Police won't even hook me up. And then I can go to Target. And take another nine hundred fifty dollars from there, mm-hmm. and they're just going to take it me too. And the businesses, it's they, just cost of doing business now. So right. it's it's chaos as far as that, and the statistics don't reflect it yet, but it's going to.
1: Okay, because you know? I, well, I see it in my neighborhood. I mean, yeah. I just see, uh, uh, I just see, you know, and you see it on the next door app, of the the outrage from the an the, the the neighbors sure. are just going. What is going on in our neighborhood? Why are there so many property thefts uh, that that are, um, and the police said they won't catch anybody, they won't do anything, they're not going to. So people are pretty unsatisfied, but the, uh, I think there was a pendulum, right? But there were just too many people in jail and there were too many people in prisons and they said, how are we going to get these guys out of there? Is, is that what started this pendulum swinging the other way?
3: That's usually what happens is things happen, they make a bunch of laws, a lot mm-hmm. of people get affected and then it swings the other way.
1: And so, uh, as a judge, how do you handle that? When you uh, are your hands tied, or uh, is there something you can do about it?
3: Well, I think they're they're tied to a certain extent. I can't make a misdemeanor a felony, but right. um, you know, if someone is committing a violent or serious felony, those are the ones that need to be addressed first, and uh, there should be some definite punishment for those who are committing those type of crimes.
1: Now. Is there a? Um, a, a well, I lost my train of thought because I'm trying. I, I hope you you don't mind if we hold you over to the next in the next segment. All right, because I want to give you a, a, captive, a, a audience. captive audience. <laughs> captive audience. All right, <laughs> Sam. We doing good on time? Okay, good. Okay, so um, so Prop Forty Seven. Is there somebody trying to legislatively uh, reverse it, or are they just giving up on it? Say that's that's done. Uh, these these felonies are now. Because it was a, it was a proposition that turned some felonies into misdemeanors, like you said, and lowered the am- amount or uh, raised the amount of money that you'd have to steal before you would have any um, uh, consequences. Is there anyone trying to in the legislature trying to fix that? Not that I know of. Right, because we live in a one party state. There's kinda. no push for that right now. No push that, for that right it's, now.
5: It's when people get fed up enough. So okay,
1: there will be. all right. So we need. So if 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 you're listening and you're looking for a judge that is a, a, a candidate that's fed up with crime going up and wants to, wants to do what he can to um, make sure it doesn't go too far. Uh, I think Bob Villa is your guy. Is that, is, is that a correct statement? It is a correct <laughs> I statement. I don't want
3: to put words in your mouth. No. I uh, You know, I, I'm going to be as fair as possible, mm-hmm. but I also believe that uh, for serious and violent crime, it needs to be punished, and uh, we need to look at what's going on, and address issues that, you know, people just don't realize how bad things can get if you don't stop it now. And, the, and you mentioned the businesses.
1: Oh, man. I mean, yeah, the, I, I watch a lot of surveillance uh, videos on YouTube because they're addictive, and uh, you just see people walking in and the flash uh, robberies and people that just seem, seem like they can walk into a store with impunity and—, and and it's hard enough to, to own a brick-and-mortar store as it is right now with people competing with Internet sales. Um, and these it doesn't seem like anybody's got the back of these people that, that have these stores. They go through so much red tape to get them, and then people just walk in and just take whatever they want uh, when they feel like it, and they, it doesn't seem to be any consequences.
5: You know, Joe, if I can, Bob and I have been in the office for DA's office for a long time, we were there before the three strikes and uh, you know a lot of the push for changing the sentencing is that well there's too many too many people in prison we have got to change mass incarceration mm-hmm. we saw a huge reduction in crime we saw a huge reduction in murder rates over the years you know and i was we were both working in long beach in the 90s we had 150 murders in the early 90s in one of those years 94 94 in long beach in long beach alone okay. it was under 40 last year And that's because a lot of the people who are repeat criminals or predators ended up in prison. So it has an effect over time.
1: Let me take a break right there. We're going to check the traffic and we're going to get back. We're going to talk to Bob Villa, who's running for judge. And election day is Tuesday. Of course, you can vote by mail right now. Uh, And the office number is 42. You are listening to Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. We'll be right back. live from Hollywood, KEIB AM 1150, it is uh, the Sunday, first Sunday in Lent, and the last Sunday before election day, so if you haven't filled out your ballot yet, if you did, you might have blown it, but if you you haven't yet, uh, uh, we've got Bob Villa here, he is a prosecutor in LA County. Superior Court and he is running for judge and his office number 42 so you're gonna look on your ballot you're gonna see a 42 you're gonna see his name there and uh, I would uh, I would vote for him I'm gonna vote for him actually I can't because I'm in Orange County uh, but I'm I'm pulling for you Bob. Um, I just live a couple couple of feet from LA County but um, but this station broadcasting loud and clear to uh, to all of LA County uh, one of the things we talked about your experience, Uh, How how many
3: uh, trials? Felony jury trials.
1: 200 felony jury trials. Um, How many felony trials has your opponent done? Uh, I don't believe she's done any felony jury trials. Okay. So this is the kind of experience that you want, uh, trials, because you're, as a judge, you're sitting there trying to make sure the litigants get justice, and you need a lot of experience about how trials are going to go. So you can manage the courtroom, and so I would think you have the the uh, uh, pretty good experience. I'm in court every day. In court every day. So you're with Sam over there? But um, we don't. Um, it's not. He's. It's not good. We we try to keep that <laughs> on the
2: down low. Thank you.
1: <laughs> hey, um, I always hear the stuff about bail. I mean, I always hear this like incredible news coming out of the Sacramento. Uh, another way to make uh, regular working people um, and business owners suffer, and weird plans to. Seems like put criminals on the streets. One of the one of the ones that I heard that I thought was nuts was no more bail because bail's not good all of a sudden. And
3: is that coming to our town? I know they kind of already have it in New York, right? It's it's on its way. I don't uh, I don't agree with it, but uh, okay, it, it's on its way. So if you don't
1: agree with this 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 wacky notion that that we shouldn't have bail because if that means that you arrest someone and you just let them out on the streets, yes, that's the the idea. Of bail is. You, if you put up enough money and we know you're coming back, we know you're going to behave while you're on the streets, then we'll let you on the streets. We're going to, not going to deny you your freedom if people can vouch for you and you get this money together. But if, no, but if nobody can, then you're going to get locked up. Now Joe, they just say, we will just let them out.
5: Joe, here's the deal. What they're talking about with the no cash bail is a system where uh, the judge would make a decision without any bail being put up. Is this crime serious enough? Is this person a threat where mm-hmm. we have to keep him in or are we just going to let him out? Which makes it even that much more important. You want somebody like Bob, who's seen all the serious cases, and make a decision. Okay, is this guy somebody we need to keep in? Making that decision rather than someone who's just going to let everybody out. Right. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a situation like the trial that Bob had. Just. Well, yeah. Uh, tell me
1: about that one trial.
3: We had a guy out on bail, um, up to no good at all in a, in a capital uh, murder case. Correct. Yeah, he um, did a, an armed robbery at a Seven Eleven. Where, where? What part of town are we talking uh, about? This is in. Um, Cerritos. Cerritos. hmm And uh, he uh, was bailed out by his girlfriend. Um, okay. So he's accused of... Armed robbery. Armed robbery, and there's a, a violent... Did he, did he shoot anybody or kill anybody or what? He did not shoot anyone okay. at this time. Okay. But he did point a gun at the clerk. Okay. And uh, the clerk was the victim in the crime mm-hmm. of the robbery. And when it came time to have that trial for the robbery... Uh, the defendant decided that uh, he didn't want to go to prison for the amount of time that he would have to go, being that he was armed with a handgun. And so mm-hmm. he, uh, in between sessions, there was a night, uh, an afternoon session uh, where the victim was on the stand, and he didn't finish testifying. So the victim, the guy he pointed the gun at, that's
1: pretty much the only witness we have here, because he he goes into the Seven Eleven, and and this guy's
3: got the powerful testimony saying that is the guy that aimed the gun at me. It's even better because he couldn't even ID him. It was There was other circumstances because there was officers that came and saw him running to his car. Okay. And so they could ID him. He had a mask on. Oh, okay. Right. So that happens a lot nowadays. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. puts their hoodie on and right. does, a, does oh, an yeah. armed robbery. Mm-hmm. And so he went to the, uh, he was out on bail. The victim went home. Uh, went to his house, found out where he lived, and uh, he wasn't at home early in the morning before he had to come back to court and testify. So then he went back to his place of, where he robbed him before, saw that his car was there, waited for him to leave to come to court, and killed him in the parking lot. And he thought he was going to get away with that? He came to court like nothing had ever happened. Uh-huh. And, you sat uh, there and said, whoa, what? S- sat um- there and d- was shocked. Mm. when the uh, judge said that we had an issue and was talking to the uh, attorneys about it. So what happened to him? Uh, what happened to him is uh, I prosecuted him for a capital murder, mm-hmm. and he was convicted of murder uh, in the first degree with special circumstances of lying in wait and mm-hmm. uh, killing a witness to a crime. Mm. And... Uh, well, what happened was uh, we were supposed to do a penalty phase, but he's in a diversion program now and teach- <laughs> teaching preschool. Well, no, I, 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 <laughs> I would have I would have loved to finish the case and uh, prosecuted him and seeing if we could put him on death row, but uh, he came to an agreement um, with the office and mm-hmm. uh, he ended up getting life without possibility of parole. Okay, so he's but he's behind bars. He's behind bars for the rest of his life because uh, he had the opportunity to kill his. His witness, yeah, yeah, and, and that's that, what happens when you put him out on bail. All right, okay. So uh, now a judge is going to have the kind of
1: power to keep some people uh, in jail that maybe before they wouldn't have had the power to because they would have had to agree to bail. So is is there a upside to this no bail thing?
3: Not that it ever is going to be used that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, it depends on how it's used. I
1: mean, all it, right,
5: it's a lot of discretion in the hands of a lot of judges. Okay.
1: Well, we're hoping we're, we're we're hoping for you, Bob Bob Villa. He is in office 42, so when you look at your your ballot, you're going to see him there in L.A. County. And uh, that's our guy. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Thank and you, you got John. a
3: website where people can uh, make some
1: donations or anything?
3: Yeah, robertvillaforjudge.com.
1: robertvillaforjudge.com. I'm sure he could use your help over there. It's very expensive to run for judge. Very expensive. And uh, so, so do what you can. Thanks, Steve Schreiner. All right, thanks for having me. All right, Appreciate Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood, and we'll be back with the Hollywood stuff after this.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a